You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest on Preaching Source today, Adam Dooley, is pastor of Sunnyvale First Baptist Church here in the DFW area. And he also uh, is an adjunct professor at uh, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville. He uh, launched a Better Way Ministries to provide biblical resources, books, and a daily radio broadcast uh, throughout the Southeast. Uh, but today we have him uh, largely because he is a co-author with Dr. Jerry Vines of Passion in the Pulpit, which is our subject today. So welcome, Brother Adam. Thank you. Great to be here with you. All right. Let's start off with how is passion different from personality, especially when it applies to preaching? Yeah, this is a great question. And whenever I talk about biblical passion, uh, people are always concerned that that means that the preacher loses his personality. Uh, That simply isn't the case. Uh, There are inspired tones in Scripture that can be expressed through a number of personalities. So, for example, if I'm preaching um, about the, uh, the Apostle Paul's brokenness over his people, Israel, and his desire to be accursed for their sake, that brokenness might be communicated differently through my personality than through yours, for example. And so biblical passion allows for the personality of the preacher uh, to come through. But when we talk about passion in a biblical sense, what we're saying is God has inspired the tone of Scripture as well as the content of Scripture. And we have to use the personality he's given us to communicate those tones. So to, uh, tone, that's, that's, that helps me. That's a good word. So there's content, there's tone. And in your example, the, the tone is one of brokenness, however we might communicate that. That's right. And uh, in today, one of today's sessions uh, that I had leading on this subject, uh, I had a student ask me about uh, his introverted personality. And one of the things that I said to him was that you can whisper and still communicate a loud truth. And that's because we all have different skill sets. We all have different personalities. You can pick any emotion, and it might come through differently from one personality to another. But what the preacher must do is make sure that whatever emotion is rooted in the text does come out. It's not how it comes out that's, imp- that's important, but that it comes out. I once had a friend who was a pastor described him. Said he said, "Oh, I said I've got the personality of a cardboard box," <laughs> but but the guy, but that's funny. The guy he he was very introverted, very quiet, uh, but he had a dry wit that was falling down. He was funnier than some of the knee slapping yeah. jolly guys I know. Well, and one of the things that I found is someone with that more introverse introverted personality can really capture the attention of an audience easier sometimes than a preacher who's known to be flamboyant and loud. When when you expect uh, eccentric tones from someone, you don't notice them as well when they come out. And so extroverted guys 
have to work a little harder sometimes to capture the attention of their audience. Right. Adam, how, how does a preacher uh, put his own uh, emotional involvement with a text and his own passion to good use without uh, wandering over into emotional manipulation? This is a great question because I, I think we see this far too much. And uh, we, we might be tempted to say, if you're not authentic in the pulpit, that uh, that would be equal to manipulation. I, I think it's more than that. I, I think it's always desirable for us to be true to our disposition. But there are times when our personal mood might differ from the mood of Scripture. And when we have to choose, we have to preach the text, not ourselves. So what I would say is that um, we are manipulative if we impose a mood on the text that is not there. Now, it may very well be the mood that we're feeling at the moment, but if it's not rooted in the text, the preacher becomes the text at that point, and that is a form of manipulation. You would never alter what a text says. I'm arguing we're not free to alter how the text says it either. Does does the genre of a of a particular text how, how does that play into the the passion in that that should be tapped into for the text? Well, it it plays a tremendous role. In fact, in uh, our book Passion in the Pulpit. Uh, the first hermeneutical step to ascertaining the emotive structure of the text is knowing the genre. There are different rules of interpretation across uh, the biblical uh, spectrum of genre, and we have to know those rules and abide by them, again, just as we would if we are trying to locate the logos of Scripture or, or the meaning of it. Um, you don't interpret historical narrative the same way you do poetry. Likewise, uh, those rules help us discern uh, emotion when we're looking in the different genres as well. Hmm. Um, are there some particular exegetical tools that a pastor can use to discover the, the emotional uh, tone of a text? Well, um, Barry, that's actually why I wrote uh, passion in the pulpit, because I, I was frustrated. A lot of people talked about pathos, but no one had a hermeneutical guide to help discover it. So that's really what the book is. We have five uh, hermeneutical steps to help preachers locate the pathos of the Bible. Uh, the first one is knowing what the genre is and abiding by the rules of that genre. The second is you have to probe the vocabulary and syntax of your given passage. Uh, the third is to examine the world behind the text or the historical realities surrounding it. The fourth is examining the world in front of the text. What timeless truth did the author want to communicate through his message? And then finally, simply gauging the reactions of the truth in the text uh, by those characters who are in the text. So, for example, how do people react to one another in the Bible? How do, the re how do they react to God? How does God react to individuals? Those are great clues to indicate 
what kind of emotion we want to emulate and elicit before our audience when we preach. Okay, uh, let's suppose a, a pastor's done a good job. He's discerned the, the tone of the text. How, how, what st- strategies does he use? How, how does he go about incorporating that passion from the text into the sermon? Yeah, this is really where the rubber meets the road, and I will admit that I'm still learning here, and this is, this is probably the most difficult part of preaching with passion because the ways to do it are endless. Uh, you might use a story or illustration that evokes the same tone or the same visceral response. You might use the power of your voice uh, to communicate tone. You might whisper uh, to be profound. You might yell to communicate anger. Your body movement uh, can communicate urgency or the lack thereof. Facial expressions can communicate frustration or happiness. Uh, These are uh, all different expressions of tones that are in the Bible. So what I would say is uh, this is what makes preaching fun, and it's what makes it challenging. There are endless opportunities to explore, and we should be as creative as possible as long as we are reinforcing the mood of the Bible and not competing with it. Adam, how, how does a preacher uh, in, in invigorate or reinvigorate his own passion and, and emotional awareness for preaching? Yeah, um, I, I think that we all find ourselves in this place from time to time where we, we can become very mechanical in our preaching we know the proper steps of exegesis, and we know the uh, typical structure of a sermon. And it's easy just to see it as words on a page and a message on a page. I think maybe the simplest way to reinvigorate your desire to preach with passion is to imagine uh, a person in your church who has to listen to you preach. Uh, you might even put a chair in front of you and just say, if uh, Joe, who delivers the mail, heard this sermon, how would he react to it? And if his reaction doesn't align with the reaction Scripture seeks, how then can I help him react in the correct way? Barry, I think most of us stop short of that conversation with ourselves as we prepare the text. We want to know what the text means, and we should. Uh, Textual preaching is never less than what the text says, but we've got to also understand that we're communicating what the text says to people who may have major hindrances to receiving what the text says. So I just want to think through that creatively, and I want to imagine real people as much as I can. I want to separate myself from being a pastor who loves to study the Bible uh, and who's anxious to tell everything I know about the Bible, because most people who hear me preach simply aren't going to be there. Our guest on Preaching Source today has been Adam Dooley, uh, pastor of Sunnyvale First Baptist Church. And the book that he and Jerry Vines have written on the subject of our conversation today is Passion in the Pulpit. 
And let me encourage you, pastors, to add that to your preaching library. It will help you and bless you. It will bless your people, passion in the pulpit. Adam, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me again.